Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Hey guys, RJ here. Jonas, boy, talk about a little drama. Jonas joining us tonight straight out of Vegas. Big, big trouble on the freeway in L.A. Imagine (laughs) that. But he's here. This guy doesn't miss. Jonas, how you doing? What was going on? Oh man, it's uh well, it's a typical night here in the beautiful uh, Los Angeles area where traffic rules everything, and uh, all lanes shut down and nearly impossible to get here. But uh, pulled some shenanigans, cut some corners, and here we are, live from LA, and you in Vegas. That's exactly right. Straight out of Vegas, joined in studio, Brad Powers, the guy with all the college knowledge, and that's what this hour is, guys. One hour, jam packed. No fat. We're previewing the biggest college football games, including including best bets from Brad and some, let's be candid, hot takes from Jonas. Jonas, you do, I mean, you don't like the word hot take, but you do hot takes. Well, yeah, look, uh, as we've talked about before, you got to keep people alive. You got to keep people awake. And the only way you can do that is by going hyperbolic on stories that are probably not that big of a deal, but it's the middle of the night. So why not have a little bit of fun? That's not the way we do it. We <laughs> just try to give great, actionable information to keep people awake. Showtime! <laughs> Woo! All right, well, but you are the guy, Jonas, who calls, announces the action. So let's get started. Uh, So this is a – now, I know that everybody looks at – college football in week one and they say uh, you know they they unveil all of these big time matchups and it's a big Labor Day extravaganza and here we are and we've got two top 25 matchups we've got Clemson South Carolina early on or we've got uh, South Carolina Georgia early on and then we've got Stanford USC later on at night on Fox yeah I think you're right I think when we look at the top three games those are two of them, and we got Clemson, A&M. So, Brad, let's get started 
with this USC game. Obviously, uh, a lot of listeners in LA, in California, USC at Stanford. Right now, line Stanford favored by six, total 55 and a half. What we like to do, lean or like. All right, we start with that. Do you just have a smidge of an opinion or are you potentially betting the game? Let's start there. Yeah, like Stanford for me, minus the six. Most For a variety of factors, RJ, most important factor for me is first career road start for that true freshman quarterback for USC, JT Daniels. And speaking of the road, not been kind to Clay Helton. Clay Helton, great at home. SC, in fact, he's perfect, RJ. 17-0 and at home on the road, 10-10 and straight up. So 100% to 50%. This is Vegas, so let's talk against the spread. On the road, Clay Helton covers just 30% of the time. I'm worried about how this USC team's going to hold up on the road. When you have a coach who has such a disparity, it's easy to say, oh, maybe that is random maybe it's just a matter of a small sample size but some coaches prepare well for the road others don't is there anything about Helton that you particularly think is problematic in his approach on the road uh, I look I think in a lot of these games USC just hasn't come ready to play in a lot of them they've been ambushed from the start I go back to the Notre Dame game last year it weren't ready early on in the game got steamrolled late it's nothing specific but they have not handled the atmosphere as well. And obviously, USC is a big-name brand. So let's face it, the locals, when they go and travel, I mean, the locals are going to be pretty fired up for USC coming into town. Yeah, and obviously, when you have such a pedigree team uh, as USC come in and, and you're favored, it's kind of like, remember, the biggest upset in college football history prior to UNLV losing last year in a gigantic upset was Stanford with Harbaugh. Let's give some credit there over USC Pete Carroll. So the idea they're favored here, it's been, uh, and it's really more about Stanford surging as the number 10 team. What did we see from USC last week? Because early in the year, we put these games under the microscope. And it's, it, it's a catch-22. Because if you overemphasize one game, you're often going to be getting false data, false information. Oh, look, they won by 30, but huh, maybe they should only won by 10, but we're overreacting to it. So being careful not to do that, what did you take away from USC in uh, week one? Final looks good. So USC last week against UNLV is favored by 27. They win by 22. Most instances, that wouldn't require much of a downgrade. Well, looking into that game and actually re-watching that game, I did downgrade USC about a point and a half. That game entering the fourth quarter, RJ, USC was only up 19-14, and I thought at that point USC was fortunate to be leading UNLV. And, and even at the, after the final, after the, the three-touchdown win for USC, significant problems, particularly in their rush defense. When you allow more than 300 rushing yards to UNLV, and now you're going up against arguably what many people feel is the best running back in the country in Bryce Love. That's a cause for major concern, in my opinion. So, Jonas, you're in L.A. Do you feel like you have a, a superior feel for USC or UCLA? I, I still think there's a, a wait and see. Now, UCLA is going to have a grace period because Chip Kelly, he just got there. He's done a lot of great things before, so it's going to take time. But I still feel like there's doubters on Clay Hel Helton. And I wonder not only if that's if that's just from the 
from the fan standpoint and the media standpoint, but from a betting standpoint, how much of a difference, if Sam Darnold is on this team, what's the difference in these point spreads that USC has been giving early on in the season? That's a great point there, Jonas. And we broke this down uh, right here on Straight Out of Vegas during the summer. The biggest downgrade as far as the first, you know, the five guys they had taken in the first round of the NFL draft wasn't Baker Mayfield. It was actually Sam Darnold to the backup JT Daniels. About a seven, seven and a half point downgrade. So instead of Stanford being favored by six, I think if Sam Darnold's the quarterback right now on this USC team, this line's right around Pickham. So Sam Darnold in my opinion, the most important quarterback that was taken as far as the NFL draft, as far as importance to this year's team. Last thing on USC, Stanford, Stanford favored by six. You've got to remember the view of the season for a team because in the preseason, before the season starts, you're thinking title odds. You're thinking winning a conference. You're thinking winning uh, over-under win totals for wins in a regular season. Now we're looking at one game, and it can cut both ways. Tomorrow night, we'll be talking a bunch of NFL. Fezzik will be in with us and recapping college. We're going to talk about the Houston Texans. And the fact is, I think Houston looks so much better in a single game than they do this season because I'm really worried about Watson's health. But he's healthy now. All right, so he's fine. But I'm not as anxious to bet Houston a season-long bet. Here, I have more optimism for USC season-long because of the immaturity of the quarterback uh, and, and his inexperience might be the better way to say it. So do you agree with that in general? If, this, if you just had to guess this game were played eight weeks from today, would you be so anxious to bet Stanford? No, I wouldn't. Excellent points. Very strong point, uh, RJ. And that's exactly how I attacked USC this year. Faded them against Stanford week two, and also they got a trip to Texas on deck. So early on the season with that young quarterback, I was likely to play against USC. Later in the year, I actually played on them in a home game against Notre Dame. So you're talking about you can bet the biggest games of the year early here in Vegas, and you cherry pick out, and you were playing against USC more so early, playing on them late. Exactly. And even though I'm very negative against USC early, did not go ahead and take an under their season win total ticket. South Carolina, number 24, hosting number three Georgia. This is a 3.30 p.m. Eastern time kickoff, one of the more underrated rivalries and an early SEC matchup. Yeah, and you mentioned a key word there, underrated, Jonas. And this is why I like South Carolina in this one. I think they have an underrated home field advantage. When, when you think best college atmospheres, you're thinking whiteout Penn State, the horseshoe in Columbus, Alabama. Actually, South Carolina has won nearly 80% of their games straight up in their last 65. And if you've seen some of their pregame festivities, it is one of the loudest atmospheres. I don't think it necessarily gets taken accounted for in the marketplace always. And keep in mind, their opponent this week, Georgia, one of the teams that, that I would say suffered as much attrition as any other team in the country as far as so, the draft so, goes. So attrition as in losing players. Losing key players. So this is going to be a relatively inexperienced Georgia team. First road test for them. I like South Carolina plus the 10.5. Now Georgia's a team that when you talk about who can recruit the best, you got the old usual suspects. Alabama, Ohio State at the top of the list. Um, obviously, Clemson now has emerged in the last few years and uh, amazing job with the coach there. Georgia gets 
in that conversation is it is that legitimate is it a matter that people are just bored of saying the same old teams or do you legitimately think the depth of talent on Georgia is comparable to a Clemson, Bama, or Buckeye? Excellent question. I would say their upperclassmen, the junior, senior classes, a notch below the Buckeyes, Clemson, Alabama. But their last two classes, RJ, that Kirby Smart's recruited, I would put up against anybody in the country. I think Georgia the last two years has out-recruited any other team in the country with maybe the exception of Alabama. So just to repeat, in this game, South Carolina, 10.5-point home dog, you leaner like? I like South Carolina plus the points. So we started off with two likes. Now that's, hey, he's taking a stand, guys. Next up, we are talking. This is a battle of two of the best coaches in football. Clemson at Texas A&M. We'll have that next. Jonas Knox in Los Angeles. R.J. Bell in Vegas. Straight out of Vegas here. Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Jonas Knox here announcing the action. All right, guys. First, though, our daily weather report on the strip right now. 88 degrees, and the neon is humming. We have got some familiarity going on in college football coming up later on Saturday, guys. We've got number two Clemson at Texas A&M, but we've got Jimbo Fisher, very familiar as head coach of Texas A&M when he was at Florida State in Tallahassee, going up against these Clemson Tigers. How much does that impact how you look at this from a betting standpoint? Yeah, so Jimbo Fisher, the brand-new head coach at Texas A&M, formerly of Florida State, where he matched up against Clemson and Dabo Sweeney each of the last eight years, split out the matchups. I think this is a slight advantage for Jimbo Fisher because not only is he familiar with Dabo Sweeney, he's obviously familiar with the Clemson personnel. Now, I get it. On the opposite end, Dabo knows Jimbo's tendencies but doesn't necessarily know the personnel that Jimbo has now at Texas A&M. So I think that's an advantage in the favor of Texas A&M. One of the reasons why I like the Aggies, actually lean with the Aggies plus the 12 and a half. So a lean here uh, in the first part of the show, you like Stanford over USC laying the six. You like South Carolina at home plus 10 and a half. Here though, a lean, so not as strong. Let's rank these coaches. Right now, today, where is, and we didn't prepare for this, we love off-the-cuff gut feelings, Malcolm Gladwell-type blink, 1, 2, 100, wherever. Where's Jimbo Fisher? Where's Sweeney? Uh, Sweeney's 2 or 3 right now. So potentially better than Urban Meyer. Well, he's beaten Urban Meyer. Potentially two. better than Urban Potentially Meyer. Potentially better than Urban Meyer. Uh, but you're not willing to say he is better than Urban Meyer? Right now, I would take him over Urban Meyer. Hey, now. Wow. <laughs> okay, now, now, where do you put Jimbo? Because you were a huge, Brad Powers here, with all the college knowledge, you were a big Florida State. I, I think in in the two years you probably had Florida State. Let me see. They played like, what, 25 games? <laughs> you probably had bat him 18 times. Maybe 12. Have you reevaluated Jimbo? Where's he at? Jimbo's in the top 10. Uh, I mean, keep in mind, and I'm glad you bring up the coaches. Keep in mind, guys, two of the four remaining coaches that have won national championships coaching in this game. You got Nick Saban, Irvin Meyer, and the two coaches here, Davo Sweeney and Jimbo Fisher. That's it in college football. Only four coaches left that have a national title uh, championship ring under their belt. So Jimbo's still top 10 as far as I'm concerned. 
I have one question, and this, again, I just thought of this now, just a quick question for you guys here. Do you put anything into the idea of Jimbo Fisher being extra motivated because some of the narrative that I heard is that because of Dabo Swinney's success, he kind of chased Jimbo Fisher out of the conference. Does that factor in at all? Chase to one of the most lucrative contracts. Uh, well, I wish so. I wish someone would chase me out of Vegas I, for a uh, hundred million. And, and I understand that, but it was Jimbo Fisher's conference for so long that all of a sudden Dabo Swinney came in, and it's been pure domination for Clemson. I wonder how much of that impacts how how ready Jimbo Fisher is going to have these guys for this game. Well, I'm a believer of this. The only time motivation matters if it's less than naturally a hundred percent. Like, imagine talking motivation in the Super Bowl or in the national championship game. No one ever does because the theory is max motivation. Now, who could potentially, possibly not be up for this game? Clemson? No, both teams are up. I mean, so in general, and and listen, there's different approaches uh, to handicapping, Jonas. It's more art than science. And you're going to hear a lot of people try to – you know, look at it from uh, tilt their head a little to the left and a little to the right and say, does this team have an edge? Does that team have an edge? To me, I like to play it safe. If there's a clear motivational edge, I think it's a big factor. But I also think that if it's not obvious and clear, oftentimes it can be a false positive. It can be more dangerous to try to find those motivations. But let me ask you, Jonas, you know sports quite well. Can you imagine one of these teams not playing hard tomorrow? Well, I I don't think that anybody shows up and just doesn't play hard. I think that's very rare because these guys are two top-notch coaches regardless whether top five or top ten. So I think they're going to have their guys ready. I just wonder, there's a different feel for different weeks. If you've watched any football documentary anywhere, there's a different feel for certain weeks. And I wonder if this one has taken on a different feel because Jimbo Fisher wants to exact some sort of revenge and really make a statement early on in his Texas A&M career. Yeah, but but again, can you go, this is the old spinal tap question, can you go past 10? Because I disagree with you. I think by definition, a sandwich spot, a flat spot, I think a lot of the times it's not about on the field. And Mike Lombardi talks about this. If a team isn't motivated, it's not that they're not going to play hard on game day. It's what they're doing Tuesday. Are they going out and having a pizza and a couple of beers? Or are they watching some extra film or getting you know, a rub down or whatever they're doing to get ready for the game? And I think when you have a team that's favored by, you know, you see it all the time, Jonas, right? Is a pick'em game, a 40-point favorite, a pick'em game. Well, that 40-point favorite, or maybe not 40, but 21, oftentimes, Brad, you get a flat performance. It's not that they're not trying on the field. Football is too dangerous. Yep. To not try on the field. Baseball, NBA, you can see it on the court, on the diamond. And football, they're always trying on the field. The question is, how much did they sleep the night before? Or even more reasonably, how much did they sleep on Wednesday night for the Saturday game? Because if they're with the girlfriend, all of a sudden they're 3% less ready because they didn't get as much sleep. Yeah, and we maybe saw that a little bit tonight. TCU, big game against Ohio State on deck kind of sleepwalking against SMU, down 9-0 early, then kind of woke up and was playing more of their game. Guys, another top 10 team in action is Oklahoma, ranked 6, hosting UCLA and Norman. Joel Klatt, one of my favorites here at Fox, Fox Sports Radio, on the herd often 
has Oklahoma as the second best team in the country. Full disclosure, Brad has the college knowledge, but <laughs> that knowledge led you to bet against Oklahoma last week. It was. I actually liked Florida Atlantic, and, and so did Joel Klatt. Now, he couldn't give a pick <laughs> on the game because he was calling it, but if you watched the, the preview on Colin's segment, he thought Florida Atlantic would be at least a lot more competitive <laughs> than what they were. One of those undercover best bets <laughs> yes. I've heard about. But generally speaking, Oklahoma far exceeded expectations. Here's a team that I was a little bit higher on in the market. I bet Oklahoma to win the national championship. So I thought Kyler Murray would be a capable replacement. What I didn't expect was to see Oklahoma play defense like they did probably the first five years under Bob Stoops. They hadn't played that well on the defensive side of the ball, at least showed that kind of talent in at least the last 10 years or so. Kyler Murray was electric. This is an Oklahoma team that maybe by the end of the year might have a higher ceiling than last year's team that came within one play of making the national championship game. So you've got Oklahoma 5. Joel Klatt has him. Oklahoma number two in the country. I'll tell you this, the betters like Oklahoma. This game opened up a 25-point favorite and got bet up to 26, 27, 28, 29. By the way, go to pregame.com, go to the Game Center. We got free live odds and the only place in the world with cash splits and ticket splits on the game for free. So you can see the percentages of tickets on one team and the percentages of cash on one team. Brad, who do you lean or like <laughs> at the current number of 29? I lean with UCLA plus 29. The look ahead line that was available all summer long at a couple books had Oklahoma favored by 21. And just after one week, the line moves eight points. That's just a little so, so, steep. So think about that. An eight-point move, four of it came from the odds makers saying, boy, Oklahoma looked better. Then we expected, and obviously UCLA looked much, much worse. <laughs> they did, losing outright to Cincinnati as a two-touchdown favorite. Now that's the question. We talked about looking at things from this week's perspective, from a season perspective, and from multiple years. So let's quickly tick it off. What do you think of UCLA this week? What do you think of UCLA this year? What do you think of UCLA? And it's really saying, what do you think of Chip Kelly for, let's say, three, four years out? So we're going to be doing a lot of swerving here. So lean with UCLA this week and this huge. So lean this week. Lean this week. Do not like them for the full year. UCLA, in my opinion, plays the toughest schedule in the country. They're already depth shy. Going to be playing a true freshman quarterback. First year, brand new schemes on both sides of the ball. Not buying UCLA for this year. Long term, I like Chip Kelly. Uh, I like him a lot. It's the best coach UCLA's had since Terry Donahue two decades ago. I think long-term, once he gets his system going, he's a smart enough guy that uh, I think he'll get UCLA at least in top 20 contention. Last question. Do you feel like, Brad, that there's going to be some respect for, from Lincoln Riley to Chip Kelly? We always, the question when you have this kind of spread is, what is the will of the favorite to dominate? Do they have a reason to? Do they want to get that kind of margin? Because to win by more than 30, 30 or more, you've got to try, in a way, to keep pressing your advantage, where you can sit on the ball and say, hey, 24 is enough. It, it feels like Lincoln Riley's smart enough as a young guy to say, wait a minute, Chip Kelly was, and it, even though he's not that old, an innovator in the spread system and all that, do you think there might be some mercy, potentially? Or it could go the other way. 
which is <laughs> I'm is you know WWE style. I'm the new kid on the block, and I'm gonna not only beat you, I'm gonna make it where you never forget this beating. You think which direction you go in this matchup? I think more respect. I would say I can't be for sure though, and, and I'll be honest with you, Archie. This didn't even factor into my handicap. You were going to the next level. I wasn't even thinking of it. That's what I try to do, Brad Powers. When we come back, Scott Frost, Brad, and I had a huge disagreement on Scott Frost last year. We'll explain it to you. Hint, spoiler alert: I was right. That's next year on Straight Out of Vegas. But first, let's find out what's trending. All right, speaking to Scott Frost, coaching Nebraska, formerly of the Big 12. The Horn Frogs of TCU are currently in the Big 12. They were in action tonight. They got off to a bit of a slow start. They did get a touchdown catch and a punt return for a score from Kevontae Turpin. The Horn Frogs would pull away from SMU for a 42 to 12 victory. NFL injury news. Chargers defensive end Joey Bosa will not play in their season opener against Kansas City as he nurses a foot injury. He is officially listed as week to week, while Falcons safety Keanu Neal is out for the season after suffering a torn ACL and Thursday night's loss in Philadelphia. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. On the Diamond, Arizona beat Atlanta 5-3 to shave their deficit in the NL West to a game and a half while the Dodgers beat Colorado 4-2. They now trail the Rockies by a half game in the division. Yankees shut out Seattle 4-0. Houston over Boston for their sixth win in a row. Wins from Milwaukee, Philly, and Oakland. Back to straight out of Vegas. RJ Bell straight out of Vegas. Jonas Knox. Announcing the action is what Jonas Knox is doing, RJ. You know, um, that, that that actually sounds exciting, to be honest <laughs> with you. I mean, who wouldn't want to announce the action? Uh, you, guys, so Kevin mentioned in the update, I don't know how many longtime college football fans remember this, but Colorado-Nebraska was a big deal back in the day in the Big 8 and the Big 12, and the rivalry is renewed, and there's somebody who knows that rivalry well who's now leading the charge at Nebraska. Yeah, I think it's almost kind of fitting that Scott Frost, the former Nebraska quarterback, game last week against Akron gets canceled that his actual opener is going to come up against a team that he was very familiar with when he was a player. Colorado, Nebraska with Scott Frost on the sidelines for Nebraska. That's, I mean, life is good as far as if you're a Nebraska fan. So here's where we had a disagreement. Frost obviously had a heck of a year last year. I mean, one for the record books in a way. He went, took the Nebraska job before the bowl game, and he still coached his team. Now, at the time, Brad, you were like, hmm, that's a sign perhaps, <laughs> hmm, of not having a full commitment to Nebraska, uh, you know, things you didn't like about it. How would you describe what you didn't like about it at the time? Yeah, I just thought, I mean, they're already behind the eight ball Nebraska as far as recruiting going up against the likes of Michigan and Ohio State. I wanted, if I was Scott Frost or at least a Nebraska fan, I wanted him 100% fully committed. We got to get this year's recruiting class, you know, obviously cleared up and get the last couple guys that we can instead of focusing half your time on UCF, half on Nebraska. And what my thought was players would feel like, wow, what loyalty. And, yeah, maybe it hurts us a little bit. It's like, a, you know, I, I use this as an example all the time. At pregame.com, I've hired dozens and dozens of people over the years. And if they have a job at the time, there's two responses. One is, hey, when do you need me? 
Well, do you have to give them two weeks? Yeah, but you know, if you need me, I'm here. I hate that. If they tell you, listen, I owe it to these guys. I owe it to this company to give them two weeks or maybe more, even though that might be inconvenient for me. I really respect the loyalty because I'm going to get that in theory on the way out the door. And to me, I think the kids saw it as here's a guy that really believed in his team and he's going to you know, get to the finish line with him and then he's going to go give us the same amount of dedication. And you've heard from both the, the Nebraska players and the recruits that ended up signing with Nebraska and that's one of the first things they mentioned. Hey, that we really respected Coach Frost, how loyal he was to his UCF players. So Jonas... As a fan and not the Vegas perspective, what's been your evolution on Scott Frost, let's say, since December of last year? Meaning once he established that great winning year last year, have you been a fan? Have you been a skeptic? No, I, I've been. I'm always a little bit of a skeptic because I want to see the consistency. And I think turning around a program like UCF and turning around a program like Nebraska, which has been so down for so long, are two different things. I mean, whoa, 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 whoa. You think it's harder to turn around Nebraska than Central Florida? Yes, absolutely. How? Lane Kiffin's a perfect example. That's a guy who showed up there on campus at FAU, and his name and his draw was enough. But look who he's recruiting against. But did Scott against. Frost have that name and no, draw? But, but Scott Frost had some sort of a name, and he had some sort of a draw. And I don't think he's recruiting. Like, everything gets ratcheted up a notch when you get to a bigger conference. And that includes the recruiting prowess of other coaches and the guys that they have working for him. Now Scott Frost is no longer recruiting against other teams in his conference that were recruiting at UCF, he's now recruiting against Big Ten powerhouses like Urban Meyer, like Jim Harbaugh, like those other coaches there, Dan Tony, all those guys in the Big Ten. I think it's just a different conversation at this point. I just wonder, and Brad, you follow college as close as anyone. How old is Scott Frost? Early 40s. Okay. So he played college football 20 years ago. Yep. Before the kids he's recruiting were born. I think he's right. I think I think Jonas is right in the following way. Celebrity is extremely powerful. Uh, and we've seen it again and again with social media, how it's become the platform of celebrity is even more potent today than it was 10 years ago. But I think kids have a very short memory. And... And again, not that you're the arbiter of this, but do you feel like Scott Frost three years ago going into some kid's home in Florida, it was like, yeah, you remember back in uh, 1998, you know, I, yeah, I quarterback at Nebraska. Did you, do you feel like that is, a, was a selling, did that make it much easier for Scott Frost? I think his strongest selling point was the fact that he was the Oregon offensive coordinator. Hey, I coach Marcus Mariota. Mm. I was part of this Chip Kelly innovated offense. I think that was more of his bigger draw. Now, Jonas, did you, is that what you thought too, or did you think as a player? That's, that's, I would think as a player, but it's similar to Jim Harbaugh. If you think about it like this, how many times did Jim Harbaugh go into a kid's home in the last two, three years and say, hey, remember that one game I had against Ohio State? And the kids are looking at him like, who the hell are you, man? Like, we just, like, we remember you from being the 49er head coach. I think it depends on what celebrity is and what your interpretation of it is. I think that's a great point that the Oregon angle of it, as opposed to his playing days, actually maybe had a little bit more of an impact than we realize. Hmm, That's interesting. I do think to close that the idea Nebraska is somehow at a deficit recruiting 
shows you how fast things change in college football. I would make the case if you say in a four-year, five-year period, let's say four because freshman to senior, what's been some of the most dominant runs of four years in college football since, let's say, 1980? I Obviously, Jimmy Johnson in Miami's on the list. Obviously, USC. Obviously, Alabama. But boy, isn't Nebraska in the Tommy Frazier style in the mid-90s? Now, again, now we're moving on 20 years of that. But as good as any team's four-year period. But boy, it's been 20 years. Yeah, three titles, four years, as dominant run as we've seen in college football. Been a while. I, I will say one more Remember, thing. Remember, they were in the national championship game against, or in the Rose Bowl against Miami. Yep. What was that, 2001? 2001. Yeah. So, and then they fell off the cliff after that one. Absolutely. All right, Jonas, let's keep it moving. So, guys, there's another return to coaching. It was Herm Edwards and a curious hire before the season. Herm Edwards taking over in Arizona State as head coach there. Kind of an interesting conversation about Herm Edwards seeing how they debuted last week. And I'll tell you, Brad, to me, this is a question of are we judging Herm Edwards on the chalkboard as a tactician or are we judging him as a CEO? And the reality is even a program like Arizona State that isn't one of the biggest in the country, it's like running. How many people work? For the football program at Arizona State. A ton. Support staff, dozens upon dozens. All right. And then you you know, hundreds when you add up players. Yep. And Herm Edwards, in a way, is the CEO and the GM's the chairman of the board of that company. I think these kind of coaches are better suited for 2018. The the executive types with celebrity. These kids grew up watching Herm Edwards on TV. I think that as long as he doesn't get too involved in the X's and O's and has the right coordinators to do that part of the job, it could be a heck of a run for him where most wise guys, yourself included, very skeptical coming in the year. Yeah, we were. What we were looking at as far as the wise guys, a guy that hadn't coached in football in a decade, hadn't been at the college level since 1989, and obviously... Yeah, of Arizona State team that uh, you know a lot of people thought the player personnel wasn't as good as last year. So when you added those two factors up, uh, the Arizona State took a lot of money against them in the market this summer. When we come back, we're going to get Brad's leaner like on this Arizona State Michigan State game. There's a huge weather factor in it, and Brad's very best bet of the week. Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas. Jonas Knox announcing the action. Guys, we talked about Herm Edwards, and we talked about Arizona State, Michigan State. Arizona State getting five points. This is a 10.45 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. Brad, do you lean or like? Yeah, I. there's a lot of powerful... Uh, handicaps against this, but sometimes you got to go with your numbers. You got to trust them. I'm going to lean with Michigan State minus the current number, minus five. I think the number should be six. Give me Sparty. I think there's a little bit of an overreaction last week. Keep in mind, look ahead line for this one had Michigan State favored by 10 after just one week of action. Obviously, you got to downgrade Michigan State for the Utah State performance. I guess I didn't upgrade Arizona State that much for killing a UTSA team that I think is bottom 10 in the country. 
you're a stubborn dude. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, at least you're betting to me. Anyone that has an opinion that they back with cash, I respect speaking of backing with cash. First off, one last thing. One of our pregame pros, Dave Esler, had a great point on this game, and I want you to address it quickly. Michigan State played a much more difficult game last week than expected. Yep. Now they travel, and the heat is supposed to be almost 100. I know it's over 100 is the expectation during the day, but even at night we're talking 95, 97, and – it's a night game for a Michigan State team. You know, what, what time on the local clocks is it going to be when this game's over? I think even if you want to be stubborn and, and, and still like Michigan State, boy, you got to be worried about Michigan State in the second half. And that's why it's a light lean and not a like. And guys, if you'd like to be a little more sophisticated, maybe look to play Arizona State in the second half. You'll have the advantage of the Heat being tougher on Michigan State, and the time zone being tougher on Michigan State. Speaking of putting your money on it, best bet time. So game number 346 tomorrow, Saturday. We're taking Temple minus four over Buffalo. Take Temple minus four. Big factor for me, Temple lost to Villanova last week. Market downgraded Temple big time. I don't think it should have. Keep in mind, Villanova is probably better than 15 teams at the bottom of the FBS. So it's a very good FCS team in Villanova. Here's my biggest factor, though. This is why I read nine newspapers a day, RJ. <laughs> Reading the recap, Temple's headsets for the coaches didn't work the entire game. Didn't work. The offense corner had to come down from the press box. Was, was Balachek involved in this at all? No, he wasn't. That <laughs> happens to the Steelers a bunch in New England, I'll tell you. Yeah, so Temple's headsets didn't work. So you're immediately saying, well, Villanova had to take off their headsets. No, they didn't. Only a conference game would Villanova had to take off their headsets equal playing field. Villanova kept their headsets on. That was a major advantage for Villanova. I'm going to take that advantage back. Put it to this game. Give me Temple minus four. Okay, so what you said at the end confused me. I'm going to take that advantage back. Yeah, that, that was terrible. Ex explain to me. Just slow it down. So you're saying there was a team last week that had an advantage. Yeah. Most people don't understand that. Thus, they're overrated because of it. It's Absolutely. almost like they had a bigger hoop to play on, let's say. Absolutely. And if they win by 20, you got to say, well, maybe that's not as in, uh, impressive as you might think. Yep. So repeat your best bet. Temple minus four over Buffalo. Okay, I know what the pros are saying about Penn State, and they're at Pittsburgh plus seven and a half, big in-state, Pennsylvania, rivalry there. The pros are confused. Some of them are saying, oh, Penn State's not near as good as we thought. Others are saying, ah, that score was deceiving against App State. We know the pros are confused. What does Jonas think about it? I think it's an overreaction, a week one overreaction. I actually think it could actually benefit Penn State moving forward. If you remember Michigan when Jim Harbaugh, his first season at Michigan, they blew out their first five opponents, and then all of a sudden they got tested late, their punter collapsed, special teams collapsed, and they ended up losing that game to Michigan State. 
I think if you're Penn State and you're James Franklin, I I'll, I bet somewhere deep down James Franklin was happy to see them struggle and have to go to overtime and have to figure it out against App State. Maybe they were feeling themselves a little bit after a strong year a year ago, and maybe just being there in that moment, having to deal with the pressures of coming from behind and winning that game, I think down the road could pay dividends for Penn State. Get tested early. It's it's one thing to get scared. Just make sure you don't get burnt. And it's the classic question: How much of it was bad luck, and they were they won the game, and hey, let's be happy? And how much of it was they were exposed? They just not as good as we thought. Brad, where do you come down in the Penn State game last week? Well, Jonas, at the start of that keyword overreaction. I think there has been a little bit of overreaction. Look ahead line for this one at Penn State favored by two touchdowns. Now it's seven and a half. A little bit too much, in my opinion, of a downgrade on Penn State. Pittsburgh met expectations last week against Albany. You know, favored by 25, won by so, about So that. what you're saying is the because of the Penn State game yep. and playing so tight against App- Appalachian State, this line's moved almost a touchdown. Almost a touchdown. And Too the, big of a downgrade. And there's really no reason to pit, because there's two sides of the game, is Pitt could have got upgraded, but not really, right? Against Albany, there's not going to be some big upgrade. Yeah, and it's not like they covered the spread by three or four touchdowns. Played up to expectation. So what you saw from Penn State certainly disappointed you, but not six, seven points worth. No, nah, probably two and a half, three point downgrade for Penn so State. So do you, you lean Penn State in that game? Lean Penn State. Last question, Bill Snyder. I think one of the great coaches out there. I think he's on that list in his prime. Ten seconds. Is he too old? I mean, are we finally reaching the point? Didn't look impressive in week one. Are you off Bill Snyder? Not yet. One more year. Not I'm going to give him a chance. Not till he's 80. Not till he's 80. <laughs> Tomorrow night, guys, straight out of Vegas, two hours. We're starting 10 o'clock Pacific time, and it's going to be – 45 minutes of recapping the most important things in college football. What happened? How do we make money from that later? And also, the rest of the time, it is Fezzik and me and Jonas and Brad talking NFL, and I've got some bets I love, love, love. It is the start of Christmas weekend here. The NFL's here. Coming up next year on Fox Sports Radio, we've got our AFC preview. We've got somebody in the NFL who's getting a ton of blame. All sorts of shenanigans to go along with it. Uh, That's all coming up next here. Uh, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio, also on the iHeartRadio app. Straight out of Vegas! At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.